Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm John Hare. This is my ADD approach to the equine world. Who knows what I'm going to talk about? Riding, tack, training, competing. It's part based on your suggestions and part on what tickles my fancy this week. First off, thanks for the emails and concern about my mare, Jessie. Here's a quick update before we get on to other stuff. I've changed her training up a bit. We're riding every other day now. I think I may have been overdoing it a bit. And that's probably just a typical guy thing. We still do a lot of trotting, but we do it in cycles throughout our ride. This is a much more structured and less strenuous workout for her. We did change her medication to Equiox, and her lameness now is what I would say at a 1.5 level. You know, riding her on a regular basis is fun, peaceful, and it gives me a chance to think. Especially about today's conversation. Do you ever go down rabbit holes? I got an email from listener Christian in Germany. Pretty cool, huh? He might not know what a rabbit hole means. Let me explain. A rabbit hole is where you get an idea or suggestion, and when you start to follow it, it takes you one place, then another then another. Rabbit holes can be fun or a waste of time. And yes, sometimes they can be both. I'm not afraid to chase them. Sometimes you can discover or rediscover new things. Let me tell you about a recent rabbit hole I followed. Now, I get notifications from YouTube when a channel I subscribe to releases a new video. Well, I got one from the Clinton Anderson channel. Now, often I don't get an opportunity to check them all out. Much of my YouTube viewing time is spent watching audio or video editing tutorials so I can do this podcast. If I have time after that, I look at woodworking tutorials. But the title of this one caught my eye. It was something like natural horsemanship or real or competitive horsemanship. You know, it's funny that there seems to be kind of like two camps of, of horsemanship in the world. You've got your, you know, your natural horsemanship kind of industry, you know, your trail riders, natural horsemanship kind of industry over here, and you've got your horse trainers and competitors and show people over here. And typically, as a good rule of thumb, both sides of the spectrum hate each other. You know, the, all the natural horsemanship guys say that the horse trainers are a bunch of barbarians and they're cruel to their horses and, and they're too rough and aggressive and blah, blah, blah. And, and all the horse trainers and, and competitors over here laugh at all these guys and say, you're just a bunch of rope wigglers and you never get a horse out of a lope. And, you know, other than going down the trail, you wouldn't know how to teach one to change leads or slide to a stop or go work a cow, etc. And what's funny is, Neither team is wrong, okay? Neither team is extensively wrong. There are, there are a lot of good things from this side of the camp, and there's a lot of good training techniques from this side of the camp, and if you combine both skill sets, you can end up to being a great horseman, and that's really what I've tried to do in a lot of ways as well. I've, I've tried to take the best of this industry. See, when you have to compete on anything, on any level with a horse, what it does is it makes you raise that bar, it makes you raise your expectation level of what you expect out of your horse and out of yourself for that matter, and anything, okay? Uh, and that's the advantage of doing some com 
competing. And you don't have to be professional to do that. There's lots of, you know, stock horse shows and little open horse shows that are fun. And, you know, the act, the trail riding's fun to do on your horse. To, you know, competitive trail riding's a lot of fun and a lot of people enjoy. All that stuff's awesome. So I'm not saying that if you don't, uh, you know, compete in something really, really big or worth a lot of money that this doesn't work. Anything at all will raise the bar. They must have deemed it too controversial because when I went back to check on the exact title for this podcast, it was no longer available. And it's only been about a week. Clinton compares natural horsemanship to the horsemanship you need to have in a competitive arena. Now, he wasn't running natural horsemanship down but he wasn't talking about it in glowing terms either. This series of videos that Clinton produces, I believe, is meant to inspire. And I think he was trying to motivate his followers, of which I'm one, to step up their horsemanship. But this wasn't the first time I'd heard the term natural horsemanship used as almost a negative term. When I thought about natural horsemanship, I couldn't remember where I first heard the term. For me, it had to be around 2005 when my cable service picked up RFD TV and they had a two-hour block of horse training shows. Back then, I remember thinking highly of the term. I didn't know what it actually meant, except perhaps working with what came natural to the horse. But I did know it was approaching the horse differently than I was currently dealing with them, and that was not working very good for me at the time. From Clinton's video, I went to Google and I typed in the term. There was a slew of articles about the topic. One trainer stating emphatically her method was not natural horsemanship. I read her reasoning and it kind of made sense. I won't try to explain it here, I'll just muck it up. But I will put a link in the show notes. Then there was a link to natural horsemanship on Wikipedia. I read on. The complaints about natural horsemanship are that it's not new or unique. People have been using the techniques for a while and that they're over-marketed. Now, both of these things might be the case. As with anything being sold, let the buyer beware. I was thankful the term came along because it led me to believe there was another way, that there was a better way to communicate to the horse what I needed him to do. It was a starting point to learn from. It was a suggestion that much more could be gained than I was getting from my horse. I hung around this page for a while, reading different opinions, when I came across an article written by Tom Motes, The Myth of Natural Horsemanship. Now, here was a name I recognized. Tom had been on our show, and it's a good one. I recommend you listen. I wanted to learn about horses, and I wanted to learn about horsemanship especially, and I wanted to understand how I could improve my relationship with this with this horse. Uh, the horse at the time, the first one was named Niji. So I set about applying my skills as a writer to the topics of horses, and when my obsession with writing and my obsession with horses <laughs> met, that's that's when my career really took off. And I think it's because... I was just so genuinely, obsessively interested in getting answers and learning more. And, you know, aren't, aren't we all, all of us who are, who, who have this, this disorder of (laughs) horse love, we, we crave knowledge and we want to, we want to have a better relationship. When we work on our horsemanship, what are we doing? And, 
and hopefully, you know, one of the things that's first and foremost is we are, we're trying to get our relationship with our horses as good as possible in ideal conditions so that when we go into adverse conditions, uh, we'll have at least a chance of having things work out, being able to support our horses, have our horses look to us for an answer, be able to hear us when, when things are, are really going sideways. I think that's so important. The link for the whole show is in the show notes. In this particular article, Tom says natural horsemanship casts a wide net that at most means very little and likely means nothing at all. He says Pirelli coined it in a book he wrote, although I doubt that this was the first use of the term. But the public latched on. Tom breaks down the main issues he has with the term natural horsemanship one by one and does a fine job of supporting his hypothesis. He concludes that, quote, natural horsemanship is, if anything, a shift in the language of horsemanship. How people change the language of horsemanship at large and share ideas as an attempt to impart ways of improving the horse-human relationship is where some consistency may be found under this heading. But the frequent application of the term, quote, natural horsemanship to all kinds of people and method just muddies the water, unquote. The term natural horsemanship has been around for a long time now. I'm thankful it came around when I needed it. It got me thinking about different ways to interact with my horse, even though at times I may not have been able to tell you exactly what was natural about what I was doing. Terms and labels of any kind, if one tries to define them exactly, can be extremely confining. For me, natural horsemanship is just one of the many stepping stones I needed to learn to get me across that river of knowledge in dealing with my horses. Anyway, it finally led me to Tom's book, A Horse's Thought, which I got in the Kindle format, and reading it has given me some new things to work on. You know, this rabbit hole was worth it. That'll do it for this episode. Do you chase rabbits? Especially when it comes to horses. Well, I'd like to hear about it. Tell me about some of the rabbit holes you've gone down. Let's talk. Send an email to me, john at woepodcast.com. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and just about anywhere you find your podcasts. And please, check out our Facebook page. Look for Woe Podcast on Facebook. Post a picture of you having fun with your horses. You can find every episode of the Woe Podcast at woepodcast.com. Thanks again for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends and writing buddies. So until next time, for Renee, this is John Harris saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.